Monday Martin strikes again, but this might not have been the biggest storyline of the race. What a fantastic weekend for the Truex family. Ryan Truex, little brother to Martin Truex, ended up winning the Xfinity Series race in the number 19 for Joe Gibbs Racing, and Martin won the Cup race in the number 19 for Joe Gibbs Racing. That might be the first time ever that type of stat has happened, but a very good weekend for that family, Joe Gibbs Racing and Toyota at Dover. This means that Martin Truex Jr. finally snaps his 54-race winless streak. And he captures his 32nd career Cup Series victory. Also, if you've been following the stats, three out of the four races that he has won at Dover have been on a Monday, and he's now the winningest active driver at the track. Facts aside, I've been waiting for Martin Truex Jr. to get back in victory lane. I know he won the Clash. I understand that, but we're looking at point-paying races at this point. I am so glad to see him win. We don't know what his future holds, if he's going to come back to Joe Gibbs Racing next season, if he's going to retire after this year. We don't know, but it's really nice to see Truex back in victory lane. He had a little bit of emotion showing in his post-race interview. Very good to see. I don't think this will be the last win we see from him this year. I'm going to like just put a prediction out there that we are probably going to see maybe another one. If we see two, that would be great, but solid weekend for that 19 team. Let's move on to the second place finisher of Ross Chastain. If you watched the race, you know I have some more comments about Ross, but we're going to hold off on those until a little bit later in the show. But a solid second place finish for him led the second most laps of the day, but the way really came down to a four-tire strategy call during the last hit stop of the day, while Martin Truex Jr. James Small made a great strategy call with a two-tire stop. Usually that's bitten them in the past, but this time it worked out in his favor. Ryan Blaney in the third position. This was another race that was so close for him to win. Didn't have the strongest car of the day, but on that last restart, he really had a chance to win, but Martin Truex Jr. had a really strong hold of that outside line. Blaney could not make that inside line work, but a top five day for the 12 team. Needs that win, could have gotten that win today, but as we know by looking at the stats before this race, this isn't really Ford's playhouse. So, We'll reserve our thoughts for Ryan Blaney uh, for this weekend and maybe next weekend as we go to Kansas. Perhaps a win there, not really sure, but a solid weekend though for that 12 team, all things considered for Ford. Fourth place, William Byron. He led 193 laps, the most of any driver during the race at Dover. Unfortunately, though, did not have the long run car. Really good on the short runs. That's where he really excelled on that final restart of the race, but just didn't have it in the cards for him. This really is a great track for Hendrick Motorsports. I expected them to do a little bit better, but as the race went on, the sun came out. Uh, good things happened to them and bad things happened to them, but... The top finishing Hendrick car of the day was William Byron in the fourth position. Really, really good. Just let the wind kind of slip out from under him. Then in fifth, we have Denny Hamlin. Sixth, Bell. Seventh, Reddick. In the eighth and ninth position, we have Kislowski. Then Busher. Brad Kislowski actually fought back from an uncontrolled tire penalty earlier in the race. A very odd situation there, but I didn't think he'd be able to get back into the top 10, and he did. It was, it was a really solid day for that whole RFK group. Then in 10th place, have to talk about Josh Berry. Of course, Josh Berry is filling in for Alex Bowman, who after a sprint car accident, suffered a fractured vertebrae. He's going to be out of the car for three to four weeks. And then, of course, we all know earlier this season, or I guess actually like a few weeks ago, just stepped out of the nine car after Chase Elliott came back from a leg injury. So filling in for the Hendrick Motorsports camp as the injuries just kind of keep coming. I am glad, though, that Chase Elliott is 
back in the car and that Alex Bowman seems to be on the mend. Hopefully he's resting and getting better. But in those six starts that he has made at Hendrick Motorsports as he's filling in for Bowman and Elliott, Josh Berry has finished inside the top 10 half of those starts. So three starts he's finished inside the top 10, three he's finished outside. His average finishing position for those six starts, as I think I hopefully did the math right, is 16th. So very good. I know we expect him to do well in the Hendrick Motorsports equipment, but he's also being kind of thrown into the unknown just a little bit, but has done a very good job. He's also very good at Dover, so kind of expected him to do well regardless, but really, really good for Josh Berry. We'll have to see what his future holds. I don't know. Uh, if Junior Motorsports decides to get into the Cup Series game, I think they kind of have their driver. If they if they want to put somebody in that seat in the Cup Series, if they can find a charter, if this is still what they want to do. But very good day for, I guess, the 48 team this week. I got to talk about a few disappointments here. Kevin Harvick, he was my race winning pick. He was doing really, really well. Maybe not a race winning car. Not going to be, I don't think, really inside the top three. Maybe the top five. Maybe the top ten. But at the end of stage two, he had a tire start to unravel. Stage three, he also had some more tire issues. Joey Logano had kind of, like, just from what I was seeing on the screen, the same type of tire issues. Maybe I'm wrong, maybe I'm not, but they both struggled during this race at Dover. So I hated to see that for Harvick, who was otherwise putting together a solid race earlier in the day. And then Ty Gibbs, again, short on fuel. Last week, it was just because of how the cautions fell. This week, during the final one of the final pit stops that we had, I think with like 73 to go, they didn't get the car full enough with fuel. So he dropped back a little bit. Very unfortunate there because he was on track to have a top 10 day, perhaps a top five if he was able to keep pushing the limit on his car a little bit. But again, Ty Gibbs continues to kind of exceed my expectations for what I thought he could do in his rookie season, being very consistent overall. But for the Joe Gibbs camp in general, besides, I guess, Martin Truex Jr., on the Dover race, it's minimizing those mistakes. Denny Hamlin continues to have mistakes on pit road, whether it's him or his team. We have mistakes for Ty Gibbs. Uh, yeah, so Ty Gibbs, just another mistake there that got him outside of that top 10 finish, but otherwise being pretty consistent this season, which is good to see in a rookie. On to the, I guess, maybe bigger storyline of the race, and I don't want to call it the bigger storyline because this storyline has been played out. We've seen it before. But Kyle Larson finished this race 41 laps down. Why, you might ask? On lap 81, Ross Chastain got into the number 15 of Brennan Poole. Uh, Brennan really just washed up the track. Ross Chastain had the bottom lane. Larson had the top lane, had nowhere to go, and basically just slammed right in to Poole there. Uh, very unfortunate situation. Um, Larson post-race said, you know, he needs his luck to turn around. He keeps getting caught in other people's messes. He also said that... Ross Chastain seems to never have a negative impact when he's involved in his situations. Basically saying that Ross Chastain's own errors never affect Ross Chastain negatively. And even on the radio, he was very, very frustrated, Kyle Larson was, and basically was like, are we really doing this in the first stage? So I would be frustrated if I was Kyle Larson. And this is week two, two weeks in a row where we're caught up in a Ross Chastain incident at Talladega, Ross Chastain went three wide or tried to go three wide with the leaders and it, it caused a multi-car wreck. I'm not saying that that was necessarily the cause of the wreck because there was a lot of things at play during that incident, but it was it was a main factor in it. Uh, that's uh, that's what I will say there. Brendan Poole said he needs to get his butt whooped. Ross Chastain does. So uh, Poole was not very happy about that at all. 
Larson wasn't very happy about that. Ross Chastain said that he was sorry after the race for what happened. And then near the end of the race with about 20-ish to go, Kyle Larson actually seemingly held up Ross Chastain, pulled a block on him. Martin Truex Jr. was able to get out a little bit more ahead of the field. And then even Ty Gibbs seemed to like throw a really odd block, if I can call it that, in front of Ross Chastain as well. So uh, obviously, Larson was not going to admit to intentionally blocking Ross Chastain to hold him up after the race. But yeah, he was frustrated. And again, like I said, Ross Chastain said he was sorry. But one reporter after the race did ask Larson, you know, at what point is sorry not enough? And I guess that's the point that fans are also asking their themselves the same question as well. At what point is the sorries from Ross Chastain not enough? From Talladega to this race at Dover, it's been two weeks of not the smartest racing from Ross Chastain, just to put it out there like that. It's just been silly mistakes, questionable decisions, really just really quick thinking, or at least acting before you think. I've said this about a few other drivers before, and I think Ross Chastain is just in that point right now. So I'd like to see smarter racing from him in the future. I don't want getting Chastain to continue being a storyline. It gets, one, it gets tiring, one, and two, it's frustrating to see the other drivers getting taken out in mistakes that are not their own that continue to be from Ross Chastain. So that's the frustrating part for me from the fan side of things, but even just from wanting Ross Chastain to succeed, I want him to be racing smarter in the future. So that's all I'll say about that. Let me know what you think in the comments below. Now looking at the points, we now have eight different winners, and thankfully the points did not change before this race, so and they won't change after this race either until we go to the next race at Kansas because no cars were taken to the R&D Center following Dover, so we have, a, we have a chance to breathe a little bit this week, but here's how things look right now. There was a major leap in the point standings I want to draw your attention to for the playoff grid. Ty Gibbs jumps from 41 points below the cut line after Talladega to 22 points behind. So he jumps a few spots. He's still below the line, but a really good adjustment for him. He's not that far under anymore. Now let's rate this race above or below the yellow line. Like, I gotta admit, I'm not always the biggest fan of the racing that we see at Dover, but gotta say, uh, this race was pretty solid. Miles the Monster brought us a show. I greatly appreciate it. I think the tire compound that we brought was fantastic. I have to commend Goodyear on that. We finally saw a race this season, in my opinion at least, where tires were going to be an issue. You actually had to take care of your tires. I know we have to do that every race, but this race more so than ever, than any race that we've seen so far in 2023, this was a factor, and I love it. I love fuel mileage races and races where you have to, like, baby your tires. This was one of those, so thank you, Goodyear. Passing, yeah, it was still kind of an issue, but the racing product was so good. We had multiple grooves. I, I feel, ooh. okay, so here's the thing. I'm not going to rate this race below a 60, like not even close, not below a 75. I'm in like the, the like 76 to like 85% range, and I feel right now that 78 is too low, but that's kind of what I settled on. So 78% is what I'm going to give Dover. I might change it a little later. Maybe you'll persuade me to give this race a higher rating. But what do you think? Let me know in the comments below. And if you look around me, you, you know I'm in a different setting. Uh, just just move. Uh, and I'll, I'll probably be moving again before this year is over. So bear with me as I fix the setup and everything. This is kind of just like a doing what works for today. But next time, things will be a little bit more decked out. So stay with me there and just even for updates on what i'm doing with the new setup for now make sure to follow me on social media on twitter tiktok facebook instagram all linked in the description below also make sure to follow toby christy com on all social media platforms for more great motorsports content
Thursday night, we are streaming this week. We're going to be continuing the Lego build, the NASCAR 75 Lego build, where I think we're on bag three at this point. So hopefully we'll get that finished. I won't lose pieces. 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Thursday night. So make sure to be there. More updates will be posted throughout the week on my social media page. But that is it for this episode of Above the Low Line. Thank you all so much for your support. And until next time, I'll see ya.